welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm very busy. Okay. Just permanently now. That's, yeah, that's what I, my life has become, which my wife, uh, whenever I complain about being busy, my wife is like, you do this to yourself. Like reminds me, you do this to yourself because you prefer to be busy, which is true. I prefer to be busy than not. Um, I, I definitely found, uh, in just a little bit of, uh, personal vulnerability. Uh, so in January I was between semesters and I found my, and so like, they're just, I was just like filling the time with like stuff that needed to get done. And then like I drove for lift a little bit cause why not? Um, and I just found, I just found, felt myself being like aimless and directionless. And then the semester started and it's more classes than I've ever taught before. And I'm really busy and tired a lot but I definitely noticed that my mood improved. Like, like my, my depression really like flared up in January. And I think Mm. because I felt purposeless and then it's like, I'd rather be busy and tired and stressed than purposeless. And I'm like, I don't think, I don't think uh, there's probably a third choice that's better than both of them. Well, we'll get to that. But uh, what I'm saying is despite my being very busy, uh, I've got, something on the horizon that's going to keep us busy. That's right. Yeah. Why don't you tell the listeners what they can do to help? So, okay. Make me more busy. (laughs) You're not the only one that's going to be busy. We're all going to be busy, David. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. I don't remember where I got this idea, but it just seemed like a fun thing. Um, well, we used to do listener generated lists annually. We haven't done one for a couple of years. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're in a new decade now and there've been a lot of people talking about, you know, what are the best movies of the 2010s? Uh, we did an episode about that. Um, so we already answered the question. Yeah, we, uh, I know my answers. Uh, but listeners, I, I want you to send in your submissions of, and I want, okay. I don't want to bury the lead. So what I'll say is, this will be a, a listener submitted list, but it's not going to be in list form, nor will it be in episode form. It will instead. Yeah, we won't do the list on an episode. Right, no. right. We'll talk we about it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about it. But like, uh, it's going to be in book form. What? Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? Anyway, so uh, essentially, here's how it's going to work. Uh, we're going to be putting together uh, a book of the 100 best movies of the 2010s. All right. Uh, as voted by you, the listener might be 101. We'll see what might the, be how the list shakes out. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're giving ourselves a little bit of a 1% leeway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so essentially you, the listener will send me Tyler, uh, Tyler, battleship You will send in your submissions and I want 15, so 15 movies that you think absolutely belong on the list. And you know what? You can rank them with number one being the movie that you think abs- should, it's the best movie of the decade. And then, you know, yeah. uh, there'll be a point system that I work out. But you email, you just email me. Don't yeah. email David. Don't, don't email Scott. Email me, Tyler Battleship uh, the day that this comes out will be what? March 1st, 2nd. This episode will come out on the 2nd. On this on the 2nd. Okay. So, let's let's say uh 
April 15th. Let's say tax oh, yeah. day. Tax All day. right. So you have more than a month. You have about five, five and a half weeks to uh, email me the 15 movies. Ranked, five and a half please. weeks, by the way, is the TV edited version of that. I, was, gonna, I was trying to think like there's got to be a joke in there somewhere. And I think you nailed it. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so uh, email me the 15 movies ranked, please, that you think absolutely uh, deserve to be on the 100 or 101 best movies of the 2010s. Uh, foreign or domestic, it doesn't matter to me. Um, oh, yeah, and, it, yeah, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Whatever you think. Yeah. Um, we don't want to, we don't want to. Let's say features, our, uh, features only. Okay. Uh, and. But I don't know, if someone wants to do that, like, Don Hertzfeld animated short that everyone fell in love with uh, a couple of years ago. He like, made an animated feature, and I, th- I thought that was the one everyone was talking about. What was it called? It's such a beautiful day. Oh no, I was talking about uh, it's oh. called the World of Tomorrow. Oh, that's right. Yes, if you wanted to do that, okay, no, fair not just enough. that one. I'm saying no, shorts just are that allowed. one. That's yes, shorts are fine. What I don't want, what I personally don't want, because of my personal, don't say Twin Peaks: The Return. Don't put a TV show on there. Yeah. What about uh, OJ Made in America? See that I would consider. Okay. Yeah, right. so this is my own, my own personal. You yeah. know what? Fuck it. Do what you want. Yeah, do what you want. It'll probably work itself out because most people are probably going to think in terms of feature. Yeah. Uh, but but yes, be true to yourself. Uh, email to your me. School. What? Be true to your school. Yes, College of the Canyons in Santa <laughs> Clarita, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, and so once again, email me, tylerbattleshippretension.com, your top 15 by April 15th. Uh, and then I will compile the list and then David and myself and a number of our writers will each, each entry will essentially be its own chapter in this book. So there will, we'll be talking at length about, uh, each film and, uh, who knows? Like, I don't know when we're we'll going to put the book out. We'll have to decide off Mike what at length means. Sure. Uh, I would. Yeah. I yeah, definitely let, have let, an idea, yeah, let's but, talk about uh, that. but yeah, but right now that's for, look, that's for us to figure out. That's none of your concern and really none of your business. What you need to worry about listener is emailing me, Tyler at battleship your top 15 of the 2010s, uh, by April 15th. And, uh, I'll compile them and then we will reveal it in book form down the line and i will remind you uh for the next few weeks uh but you want to get on top of it now while i'm still excited about it yeah hopefully i'll get there (laughs) now i'm excited about the book sure existing yeah it's the we can just will it into existence right (laughs) yeah that's that's the part (laughs) so yeah so that's that's what we're doing and and i'm excited we've never really done we've never done a book before yeah uh it'll probably we'll probably do like go the self-published route as I did with some of my others. Yeah. Uh, and we'll do what we can to make sure that everybody worldwide can get access to it as opposed to okay. like what I do. Uh, I'm, we may do like a publish on demand situation, which uh, I've been reading more about. So, okay. Um, which wouldn't cost us money. It would cost the, the buyer money. I see. So anyway, all right. So any, anything more to talk about in regards to that? You've got a little smirk on your face that is uh, bothering I'm me. I'm just looking forward to it. I'm very excited. Okay, I can tell. You're, David, you're shaking <laughs> and sweating. What's going on? Um, but, uh, okay. Now, David, we do have uh, a sponsor as well uh, that I wanted to talk about. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Jackson Harper, who is a musician uh, who has a new album. It's called The Killin' Floor. Killin'. 
with uh, an apostrophe, please. Um, so uh, The Killin' Floor is the new album by Jackson Harper, the artist formerly known as A Horse and His Boy, who we've talked about and on the show before. Which, that album was really good. The Horse and His Boy album was really good. So this is exciting. Yes, I've heard uh, Jackson's music before, and I do enjoy it. Uh, so co-produced with uh, uh, Ryan Michael from Dallas band The Room Sounds, The Killin' Floor is a raw, intimate, yet ultimately epic tale of, lo- of love lost and wisdom gained. Through 11 songs and one brief anime, anecdote harper weaves together lyrical themes of heartbreak longing anger death resurrection and joy presenting them in a stark uh, acoustic style that recalls johnny cash or towns van zant also the album is only 40 minutes long that's a selling point right yeah uh the kill and floor as well as harper's music city exports ep is available for purchase on itunes or streaming on spotify apple and all other major platforms so do check out uh, the Killing Floor by Jackson Harper. He's a good musician, uh, and uh, we are excited to have him as a sponsor. And what you should do when you get the the Killing Floor album is you should listen know, to it yeah. on your tweakedaudio.com earbuds. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day. Uh, today, I was not listening to the Killing Floor. I was listening to something, Tyler, that I would recommend to you mm-hmm. because you're looking for some balance between your, you know, the different, uh, unhealthy mental states. Indeed. Yes. You should listen to the new EP that the RZA put out. Okay. Uh, in conjunction with Tazo T it's called guided explorations. And it is a, that he produced the music and he talks you through like motivation and mindful, like, like mindfulness right. and like I listened to it while I was walking the dog, which is while I was walking Darla, uh, which is when I had the earbuds on. And then I also, also listened to it in the car again on the way to work. It really helped because there's something that like, I've heard these sort of like, I've listened to this sort of thing before. Yeah, I try to like clear my head. I've tried to get more into mindfulness. I haven't been great at mm-hmm. it, but I've tried, um, but there's something weirdly like funny at first, but then compelling about the Riz's voice, right. you know, telling you like, be very calm. Like, <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't do his voice quite right. Yeah. That sounded like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what that sounded like under the giant or something. I'm not sure who I was, <laughs> but, uh, the only Riz thing I could do is Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, when I do uh, it, I sound almost, uh, almost Italian. Right. Uh, but yeah. Um, but uh bill ghost busting ass murray (laughs) yeah yeah um but uh yeah uh guided explorations presented by tazo t (laughs) weirdest thing weirdly effective um and uh sounded great in my tweet com earbuds while i was walking darla today uh and you could have the same experience you can uh these uh, these earbuds are available at a low low price at tweakedaudio.com but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout you get one third off that low low price and no shipping charges so please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking what's your secret Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tyler? Yes. 
Let's get into it, shall we? This yeah. is uh, this is a uh, the third in an accidental trilogy. Yeah, because uh, we, we did we could just call you know what do words mean? Yeah, we did a uh, we we did one called what is a movie? Mm-hmm. We did one more recently called what is cinema? Yeah, and so this is the third part of this exploration, and this one's called what's entertainment? Yes, which uh, the minute you said that that's what we should call it, it's like there's obviously. What choice do we have? Everything fell into place. Yeah. Uh, And I will let you introduce it because this was your brainchild. As tends to happen, uh, I get these ideas for like these larger conversations uh, out of frustration. Um, So I, as, as I've mentioned, I've uh, been writing for, uh, I've been writing movie conversations, uh, articles for a, a conservative website, knowing full well, I mean, I went in clear-eyed about how my particular uh, brand of writing would be received by a web by readers of a website who were not anticipating movie discussion. Um, I don't know why they keep publishing me. Uh, honestly, <laughs> like it's because hey, you know, you're probably stirring shit up, which means clicks. That's what I think. In yeah. fact, most of the articles that I pitch, it's usually like they're probably not going to like it, but it could get you clicks. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but also, I mean, you know, the, to, to the editor's credit, like they also say like, Hey, that was a really good article. I think you made some good points. And, and then some of the readers have been very, have actually engaged on the level that I want them to. But, um, but there's nothing new for me in hearing people, uh, regardless of political strife, but just like non movie people. Um, and I don't say that insultingly, but like, the number of people who just refer to film purely as entertainment or more specifically, I watch movies to be entertained or they, as t- sometimes happens, someone say like people just watch movies to be entertained. And, and it's usually like, Oh, this film is trying, it has a certain message or it has a certain tone or it's kind of a downer, whatever it is. And the pe- people are like, that's not why I watch movies. I just watch movies to be entertained. Or they'll then get prescriptive about it and they'll say like, you know, these, you know, these people are, they're paid to entertain. Like they'll, they'll make, they keep Mm. coming back to that word entertainment. And I instinctively, uh, not literally respond, but my, my reaction is, is like, you dumb motherfucker. Here's the thing. Like, I think like, one of the most popular movies that everyone knows and most people have seen is the Shawshank Redemption. Now those scenes of prison rape, are those, are are those entertaining or are they engaging? Like you're using, essentially it's like you're using the word wrong. And then I thought, well, wait a second. I'm just, I'm just operating on my definition of the word. Um, which then got me thinking like, well, wait a second. Well, okay. Well, what is in What is entertainment? What does it mean? Uh, People use it very easily and understandably so. It is a word that I think encompasses a lot, but I realize that me being who I am and doing what I do, uh, I have actually a pretty concrete definition that is probably a hmm. little bit unfair. That's where I was going. Uh, I, to to I, other people. I don't think I have a concrete de- de- definition, but the, where my mind goes is not that flattering toward the term sure. that I, but not necessarily dismissing it either. Mm-hmm. Like I tend to think of things of thing of entertainment as something cheap. 
But sure. That doesn't mean that it doesn't have any value. Yeah. Like sometimes that's what you want, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you and go, there can still be artistry in it. Uh, yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it, but it, it also doesn't seem like it. Entertainment is, I, I, I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to pick the words here because I almost was going to say entertainment is not meant to blank, but I think entertainment is less, uh, it is born, not born from the entertainer so much as from the entertainee that it is, I guess entertainment is in the eye of the beholder in a way, Yeah, you know, whereas I might find a magic show to be an intellectually engaging journey, but some people might just be like, I'd be bored if I wasn't watching this. So I'm watching this and that's entertaining me. Entertaining me. Yeah. And and so I, I tend to think of it as being, being entertained means not being bored. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's kind of the idea of it being in the, in the eye of the entertainee. I think that's kind of where I, as I was thinking about this, I think that's where I arrived as well, because when it comes right down to it, I realized that and it, I, it's also, it's the same with the word enjoyment. Um, there have been times when I say like, Oh, I saw such and such a movie. I really enjoyed it. And then I usually pause for a moment. Like, I mean, not enjoying the traditional definition, you know, like I, I mentioned sure. a movie that's like, extreme, you know, like a hidden life, which is like, I enjoyed it. I found it. And, and I would have a hard time saying entertaining, even though in many ways, that's kind of what it is, uh, in that I'm there, I'm not bored. Something is being presented to me and it's, and it's engaging that I keep coming back to this idea of engagement. Um, like I feel like the, so we've got, you know, engagement, entertainment, enjoyment, like all of these things. Um, and, and I think of the, of the three, the one that I probably think of in the most derisive way is entertainment. Uh, engagement I think is ultimately what I, what I long for, but some people would look at the way I talk about even the, the most depressing movie and they say like, Oh yeah, you're talking about it the way I talk about anything else, which is you're just talking about a thing that, you're not actively doing it's being presented to you and it's working to whatever degree that it's trying to. And so like, it's, I don't know. And so I do think like, yeah, I'm the one that determines my own enjoyment just like anybody else. Right. And so, yeah, this is, I keep, I'm doing, this is something that Tyler does, which is you start to say something and then you go like, and then there's a bit of a silence. Yeah. It's normally a Tyler thing and I keep doing it because I keep trying to, not be derogatory in uh, talking. Go about ahead. It. I'll say start there and then we'll because, probably arrive at a place that is not. Because what I was thinking of is the other definition of the word entertain, which, uh, which, you know, let's say you bring up uh, a hypothesis that I don't necessarily agree with, but I'll say, all right, I'll entertain the idea. It's just, sure. I'm just giving the attention to the idea. Yeah. And I feel like that's a lot of what entertainment in a negative way yeah. is just like something that people are giving their attention yeah. to. And that's why the people who are so steadfastly opposed to, you know, art that 
speaks to something or that advocates for something yeah. is because they own, they don't want to do anything more than give their attention to it. I think they, there's a passivity that is implied yes. with entertainment. Yeah. And I feel like, I still feel like I'm being very negative here. Uh, that's all right. <laughs> this started for, I, this started with me calling someone a motherfucker. Um, right. yeah, it's, uh, there is. I remember that wonderful line from State in Maine where uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman says, "Like, well, you make your own fun," and then Rebecca Pigeon says, "Like, of course you do, because uh, if you didn't, if you if you didn't, it'd just be entertainment, you know. Like, hmm. you make your own fun. Like, you're actively engaged in this fun thing. Whereas entertainment, there is this notion of the thing is made already, and now you're just sitting back, and it is." you know, here we are now, entertain us. Like there's this right. idea. It's like, I'm here, you're here, do your thing. I'm, and then I will determine whether I was, and I, whether I enjoyed it. I have an analogy. Okay. About, uh, uh, how, what you bring to something makes entertainment or not. Mm. I am very invested emotionally, uh, in, the fortunes of the St. Louis blues hockey club. Sure. Right. (laughs) Whereas I like baseball. Mm -hmm. If I go to a Dodger game, Mm -hmm. let's take, we'll take St. Louis out of the Cardinals aren't even playing. I'm going to see a Dodgers Brewers game or whatever. Okay. I'm entertained. Mm -hmm. Right. If I go to a St. Louis blues hockey game, right. There's more to it, the entertainment, because I'm thinking about this all the time. I'm bringing more to it. I'm seeing what this, this game, this game to me exists as part of an 82 game season plus the postseason, hopefully. Um, And, and so I'm thinking about the replication, what led up to it. I'm thinking about the repercussions after. Whereas if I'm watching a Dodgers Brewers game, I'm probably just watching that game and not really thinking about where they are in the season, where they are in the standings. Like, so to me, it has to do with how much you bring to it. Yeah. I think investment is a good word. Um, because you know, uh, it's, and, and this is where as, as frustrating as some of the, the commenters, uh, are and by the way, there would be people. In fact, the editors themselves said, "Like you shouldn't read the comments." Which um, <laughs> was like, "Okay, well, nice to know you. You're, you have an opinion about your own readership, but um, but it's still good advice." Uh, there's only one website that I read the comments on, which is what it's battleshipretention.com. Even I don't even and always do patreon.battleshipretention.com. Yes, uh, thank you for bringing us back to that. Uh, our most recent episode is a mailbag episode, and uh, it was tremendously enjoyable. And it seems to be popular among the people yeah. who have listened to it, so, uh, so check it you out. should definitely check it out. Uh, but yeah, and so when I look at people, you know, it, I, I tend not to like dismissive attitudes anyway, and I realize that I still have them, just like everybody does, but I try not to. I try to see things from somebody else's point of view, even if what they're saying is something I disagree with or something that I'm just really bored by. Um, yeah, that's the thing for me. But this is off topic, but like the thing I things I get dismissive about is when there's like when other people are pat, like. I just don't care. Like yeah. not, I'm not even like looking down on a thing. It's just like people are talking. I'm trying to think of a good example of, uh, of, of something like, Oh, there's this whole, uh, I'm not sure. Cause you and I are on different internets. Apparently. Sure. Do you know about the, uh, the guy who was punching the back of the woman's uh, seat on an airplane? I think I see, yeah. I saw something about it. I was like, that looks stressful. I'm not going to engage with it. This, it like, 
divided the internet of whether okay. this guy was wrong for being a dick and punching the back of her chair or if it's rude to recline your seat on airplanes given how uh, little room there is. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I mean, I would say that, like, I would say he, I think I'm more against him. Yeah, he's punching the, yeah, he's, he's actively, just like the seats recline. The seats recline, exactly. Yeah. You know, but I, admittedly, I don't yeah. recline my seat unless I see that the person behind me has reclined theirs. And then it's like, okay, we've got, we've all got the it, same. My thing, to bring it back to sports again, I treat reclining seats on airplanes the same way I treat referring to your favorite sports team as we. Sure. I don't do it because I know it bothers people, but I don't actually care. Yeah. I don't have any philosophical <laughs> opposition to people. I don't care yeah. if the person in front of me reclines their seat, but then again, I'm not a very tall person. So maybe that, sure. uh, yeah. it doesn't it's matter. Different for everybody. But, uh, yeah. Um, so at, I will say that like the, the commenters and all that, like I said, they're, they're this is, they're, it's, it's a political website. Now, granted that mostly means talking about actually actual politics, but there's some, you know, where the editors and I have justified my, my contributing at all is like, well, it's also culture, you know, Mm -hmm. everything is, everything's political, everything's cultural, everything feeds into everything else. And so, but nonetheless, like they did not come to this website for movie discussion and chances are they don't care that much about movies and that is their right. And that's fine. Uh, And as such, the idea of being dismissive of movies as entertainment, they're not, it's interesting. I look at that as some kind of slam, but it is because they're saying they're, they're chastising you for caring about movies beyond entertainment. Sure. So what they're saying, I think the offense you're taking is not that these people are insulting the art of cinema, right? They're insulting you for caring about cinema and, and for for insulting filmmakers for, Mm. you know, uh, putting on airs. Nobody has said that, but like putting on airs and thinking they're more important than they are with their work, you know, right. Whereas they're like the, you know, these people see, filmmakers as no more than jugglers it's that is a very common thing amongst uh amongst like conservative non-movie people of course i know plenty of uh right-leaning people that love movies you know one thing that i that i love is that our friend uh josh long is probably even more right-leaning than i am but loves ingmar bergman it's like you're blowing my mind as far as stereotypes right um (laughs) but uh you know, but at the same time, like the, in these comments, just the sheer anytime, like a anytime, like a, a, a an actor or somebody speaks out on political issues, there's like like you just get paid to do this. You get paid. It's like your whole deal is this. Like that doesn't make you any more important than anybody else. And it's just like no, they just have a platform. And if I had a platform, I guess I do. You do yeah, <laughs> yeah, more than one. Yeah. You got platform. That's a that's a good podcast. You got the other podcast. Yeah. You got this column you're you're writing. You got the uh, the children whose uh, brains you're warping. Uh. Damn right. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But uh, yeah. So I guess I do have a platform. Like I don't begrudge anybody having a a platform or using it. Uh, But that's the thing is like in there in in the minds of people who are just like instinctively um, defensive. Uh, when they feel like Hollywood mostly politically doesn't reflect what we say, like there are times that they'll like be overly critical. Even if somebody is saying something they probably are on board with, like 
it's just a knee jerk. Unsurprisingly, it's a, it's a knee jerk reaction. Hmm. And so I, what's interesting is I think if you were to ask them, the concept of entertainment is actually a valuable one. I think they would say, no, I like being entertained. I like seeing movies of a certain kind. And then they, they go from being descriptive to prescriptive. And they say, because this is how I view movies, this is the place I give it in my life, which is a place of entertainment where I can sit back and this thing happens to me. And then when it's over, I move on. Um, anybody who, anybody who watches movies for different reasons or makes movies for different reasons, uh, is someone who's like, no, you don't understand what film is meant to be, which is purely this thing. Um, and to me, it's just like, and I, I I mean, again, I don't like the dismissive aspect and I don't like the prescriptive aspect, but at the same time, who's to say that somebody who approaches film purely as entertainment at any given point loves, they may, they may might love those movies just as much as I love movies that they wouldn't view as entertainment. But like if you're, if you're engaging purely in entertainment and you're defining film purely from an entertaining standpoint, is that inherently shallow? Uh, it's shallower. I th- yeah, it's shallower than, okay. than how you and I view movies. But I think, um, I want to address the question of the, the import importance of entertainment yeah. that I do. I do think it serves, uh, a purpose. I think, um, there's a, uh, probably a uh, release of endorphins type of thing mm-hmm. when you're just entertained. There's also, in a lot of the ways that I tend to think about it, um, there's a communal aspect. Sure. When I think of things like, these are, okay, these are both things you do with other people. But when mm-hmm. I go to the movies, I'm not expecting the same experience as when I go to medieval times. <laughs> Right. Which is often, uh, it's actually not. I've been to medieval times once and, yeah. uh, Hey, I'm allergic to horses. It turns out. And I spent oh, half the time outside with all of the other people who are allergic to horses. It's apparently a very common thing. Wow. And everyone who's allergic to horses just hangs out outside, uh, and goes in as well. So I actually had a miserable time and oh. medieval times, but I understand the fun of medieval sure. times. So that's, a, or just going to the state fair and watching the pig races. Like <laughs> that's something you do with it. And they split you up into teams and they're like, Oh, you root for the blue, blue pig and you root for the red pig or whatever. It's fun. Yeah. And you're having fun with other people. It doesn't mean as much. Sure. In terms of, you're probably not going to experience an emotional catharsis or yeah. an intellectual catharsis, which is something that I think yeah. art actually gives you. Like, yeah, I think art actually is, something that changes people. Yeah. I don't know that I'm going to be changed by medieval times or, or a pig race or whatever. Right. But that doesn't mean that the experience, the, that there's a therapeutic probably release. Sure. Of enjoying it. And there's a communal, uh, element. I mean, you, you, we started talking about, um, uh, politics, mm. uh, or, or at least, you know, this sort of kicked off from a place of you writing for this conservative website. And, you know, given as divided as we are, there's something like harmless about and maybe even helpful about the idea of taking a random group of people who happen to have come to medieval times, stick with this metaphor, and saying all of you, no matter what your 
cultural background, no matter what your political yeah. beliefs, no matter what your demographics you fall into, because you're sitting in this corner, you read root for the guy with the green flag, <laughs> yeah. and suddenly we're all on the same team together. Yeah, like that's it's cheap entertainment, but yeah. it obviously has value. Yeah, I guess that's true. It can. You know, you and I are politically different, and yet we, you know, when we see a movie, entertainment or otherwise, like when we see, when we see Infinity War, and Spider Man drifts off into dust, like we both have, we're yeah. both having the same emotional response, and yeah. that is a film that is like, I was going to say pure entertainment, but again, like when I think of entertainment, I think of something that's that's purely positive. So like the sadness of the good guys having lost mm-hmm. feels like. It's like, well, that doesn't totally fit in, fit into entertainment. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's and, and yeah, that that's might true. just be my own view of it. No, and I'm one of the reasons I actually, I think I might be able to say that I love Infinity War. Oh yeah, uh, is because what is it? Two hours and thirty six minutes. Yeah, it's, it's that's very specific. Maybe uh, it's something I feel like, like you know better than I do if you're saying that number. But for almost all, let's say let's say it's two hundred thirty six minutes without credits because sure. that actually adds another eighteen minutes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, for two hours and thirty minutes, it kind of is just pure entertainment. It's so much fun, yeah. which makes the sad part at the end all the more yeah. sad. I was like in a bad. I, I like had such a fun time at Infinity War, and then I was in a bad mood when I left, and it took me like the drive home or whatever to go yeah. to to like process and realize like oh no, I just had a lot of fun and those. Those fucking Russo brothers got me at the end. Uh, I think yeah. we're off topic now. Well, and and it's interesting because I genuinely think, and this is where I start to maybe get, maybe not prescriptive, but when I start to be presumptuous of other people, I genuinely think that whenever somebody says like, oh, well, movies are just entertainment or they should be, I don't think they actually believe that. Because there are movies that people love that are not, let's all sit back and clap at the thing, do at, at this thing giving us exactly what we want. There are plenty of movies that get, that don't give us what we want. And yet, and those movies are still cited mm-hmm. even by the most like stubborn person as, you know, like for example, God help me, uh, so President Trump uh, recently like was talking about uh, Parasite's win for Best Picture. Oh God! See, I don't and even just, pay attention to this stuff anymore. Well, I you know it's that I didn't write that article, but there was an article on the on the site about that, and there were plenty. Thankfully, there were plenty of people in the comments section who said like. It's like, ugh, this is why I have a hard time supporting him. He's talking about a movie he hasn't even seen. And That's like, why they have a hard time supporting him? Well, no, but it's <laughs> just like... the it's, ban it's, on it's Muslims his... coming into the country or the uh, calling Mexicans rapists or the grabbing women by their genitals. It's the fact that he uh, threw some shade on a subtitled movie. These guys are big Bong Joon-ho <laughs> fans. Uh, you, don't, you have no idea, David. Uh, but no, it's, it's this idea of like just shooting from the hip and all that kind of... The point is... Um, Within the within the uh, his comments, he said like such a standard attitude amongst conservatives, especially in regards to entertainment, which is like they think back to like why can't movies be more like this, this, this. Well, and one of the movies he mentioned was like Sunset Boulevard. I'm like, is that like I adore Sunset Boulevard? It's not a happy ending. Yeah, like there, like there's a lot of deeply disturbing aspects, genuinely depressing aspects. And granted, I still find it tremendously engaging. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. But, and that's what I mean when it's just like, 
Yeah, I don't think people, when they talk about entertainment, I don't think they actually mean it. I think they are looking for an, exp- an emotional experience in which they feel invested in what's happening. They might not analyze it. Uh, they may not, you know, they may not, if, if pressed, they may not say that they're looking for something that will make them cry. And yet, uh, again, like in the comments section, when people talk about, like, you know, obviously conservatives really, uh, uh, I'm painting with a broad brush. A lot of conservative commentators in my, uh, when I did my, I did my, uh, top 10 movies of the decade and, uh, boy, they did not like that list. But, uh, unsurprisingly, uh, a number of them said like, what about American Sniper? Okay. Putting aside the politics, that's not an entertaining movie. Sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's an extra that's, it ends on a really sad note. It's extremely stressful for a good portion of it. And it's not like Bradley Cooper, whose performance is marvelous. Really is. He's not giving you a lot to really latch onto. And so I guess there is the idea of like uh, heroism and all that kind of thing. It's the same reason that many of them really like 1917. So thematically it fits with what they like, but at the same time, like this is not an easy movie to watch. It is, it is engaging yeah. one way or another. Uh, yeah, it is, I, I agree. Um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, you, you, you made your point. Uh, the thing I was going to say going back is... I'm sorry to have made this about politics. No, but I no, that's how it started. But mm. um, I know the answer to this, but do you think the president has seen Parasite? No. Because that's the thing. I feel like he's talking about it like it's like it's uh, I don't know Hiroshima Mon Amour or whatever. <laughs> like the Parasite yeah. is a hugely entertaining movie, in yeah. addition to a lot of other things. Yeah. But it has all these great like you know fun, exciting, thrilling plot mechanics and tense yeah. situations and all the things that are that yeah. are entertaining. It's a and that's that's the other thing is like. Again, I, when I go into, whether it be like one of my, uh, like one of the Christian film festivals that I go to, or I write for this site, like I might be kind of cynical about things, but at the same time, I'm open to people surprising me. And in the comments section, cause I did one where I like ranked the best picture nominees and I put pa- parasite as number one. And there are people who had a problem with that, obviously, uh, because it wasn't Joker or Ford versus Ferrari or 1917. Um, but there are plenty of other people that said, damn right. Like that is the best movie of the year. Like there were a surprising number of people that said that. And then there are other people, uh, looking at the article once again, that I didn't write, but like there are other people who said like the, like night, Parasite is a great movie. It doesn't matter where it's from. Uh, and it doesn't matter that it's like, it, it's, it's masterful. Like, and there's, I was surprised how many people, cause I do think it's actually a pretty accessible movie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's just like, if you're, you just got to get past like the concept of, of sub subtitles, which I recognize that a lot of people, I know this from like reading comments from students and that sort of thing that like, it's not a, an easy thing for people to do. Like, the idea of like, well, I don't want to have to read when I go see a movie. You know, the no, there are people that say like, if I wanted to read, <laughs> and this is where I get mean, but people like, be like, if I wanted to read, I'd pick up a book. And part of me is like, I bet you wouldn't. <laughs> uh, but that's mean <laughs> of me mean. to say. Um, I'm surprised. I feel like it's happened more and more where TV shows like have subtitled sections. Like I felt, I, I'm surprised that so many people still feel that way. It seems like it's, there's plenty of stuff that's, yeah. that's okay. Like, I mean, 
I guess this is a different thing, but how many reality shows in the church? You probably don't watch as many of them, but like if they're in the middle of, if the real housewives of, you know, whatever the fuck are like in the middle of a fight, mm-hmm. the cameras didn't pick up everything. Certain sections yeah. are going to be subtitled. Yeah. Like it's just a part of, I don't know. And that's the thing is in that moment, you know? like I think it, it has to be sort of almost Trojan horse where it's, where it's like you go in expecting something and maybe that's what you get for the most part. But like, you know, I think of a movie like traffic, which admittedly is not necessarily the most mainstream film, but, um, I think of something like traffic and almost everything that takes, uh, like almost all of Benicio del Toro's story is subtitled. Um, and yeah. I don't think of anybody who has a problem with that. And then like many of the same people that, uh, that would decry the people that I'm talking about that would decry like subtitles. It's just like, yeah, you didn't have a problem with fucking passion of the Christ. Did you? Because you're on board Hmm. with it. I do think that like at the core of a lot of people's objection is that like, yeah, you're, you agree with it and thus you're willing to cut it all kinds of slack that you wouldn't cut something that you don't agree with. And I'm sure that's probably true of a lot of people, but not just the people I'm talking about. But, um, but yeah. And so, as, as often happens, you know, we're, we're dissecting this word and trying to figure out what it means and if it is a dirty word, because there have been plenty of movies made about the importance of entertainment. Uh, you still haven't seen Sullivan's Travels, but that's a big I've one. I've never seen that. Um, and, uh, and I actually just was watching an episode of American Dad where uh, S- Steve, the, the main character's son, uh, he like re- he's a nerd and he really... Uh, he dismisses the concept of sports and then winds up. Okay. Then he winds up on a, like a desert Island with like a native tribe. Uh, and he, uh, and they accept him and then he dis- he discovers, but like he's working really hard and like, uh, to along with everybody else, they're all like working hard to build, uh, shelter and business oh, okay. and all that kind of thing. Uh, and then, like this tribe and another tribe, like send their, like their, their strongest men to like have these competitions. And Steve finds himself, he goes, he goes, Oh, it's nice to have a, a break from work. And then he's like, he goes, Oh, but he goes, and, and I feel, and he doesn't say this, but essentially he's invested in the guy representing his tribe because yeah, this is, this is who, <laughs> this is who I identify with. And so in that moment, he starts to understand this thing that he thought was so dumb, he understands the, the aspect of com- community mm-hmm. and the aspect of giving you a diversion, like diverting your attention from the, the difficult aspects of, of life. And so I know that I probably do treat the concept of entertainment, usually because of the way people discuss it, but uh, I think the concept of entertainment is one that I am probably too quick to immediately if not dismiss, uh, diminish. Yeah, I don't, um, I, I probably was too, but when I think about the things that I engage in, like, um, cause I've joked with my, my wife that there are certain things that we hold to a high standard. You know, we mm-hmm. like to go to nice or not nice, expensive restaurants, but like we care about the food. We, we try to sure. like be daring and have i obviously like art house cinema i like i like nice clothes to some extent yeah but often our tastes in like vacation is Mm. super basic we like vegas we like 
cruise ships. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like, so as much as I, my initial response is to be like, uh, pejorative about the people who want to be entertained to realize right. like, yeah, I want a lot of that too, which is not for movies necessarily. Although that brings me to my next question. And sorry, did I cut you off? Uh, well, and I guess, uh, no, I, go ahead. Cause my next question is when is a movie just entertainment to you? And the example that I'm able to think of, okay. And this is also kind of, uh, 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 dismissive and negative, but the movie you watch, the movie you find enjoyment in, in not the way that it was meant to be. Like what I'm basically saying is like the quote unquote, so bad it's good movie, oh, okay. you know, like maybe that's just entertainment. Maybe I'm just watching, I don't know, teen witch mm-hmm. because I think it's, fun how uh corny it is or right. or how half-baked some of the things are yeah i mean it's i do think that there are movies that are meant to be purely entertaining they're not necessarily meant to like off the top of my head i'd say like uh oceans 11 like the Soderbergh oceans 11 okay just because it is that doesn't mean you and i can't talk about it from a character standpoint a narrative standpoint visual editing, the whole deal. Like we can still talk about it, but when it comes right down to it, there, there are no notes outside of a little bit of suspense. Like, Oh no, is that not, is it not going to turn out well knowing full well, it's going to turn out fine. Uh Um, So there's that. It's just, it's It's, a diversion in the same way. It's a diversion. And and I don't think Soderbergh is, is really trying to explore anything. And I don't, and even as I say that part of me is like, it's like, no, it's Soderbergh. He, he's probably he's probably trying to explore something. He's like, or not? Yeah. Maybe he's just having a good time making the movie, and has yeah. made a great, almost perfect entertainment. You know. Yeah. So I do think that they are out there, and I think that they're they can be just as as good and just as engaging. I tend not to value them that highly because I can appreciate them while they're happening, and then I and then I move on. And I tend to like, I tend to favor the movies that I can bring something with me, uh, out of the theater. And I don't, I don't merely mean thematically. It could be a moment that like sticks with me. And there's a lot of moments that I remember about, uh, Ocean's Eleven, but I tend to think of it as one entire product. Like, yes, there are individual scenes, but it's, it's one big pleasant thing. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it in close to 20 years. Yeah. Um, but, uh. I do always think about Bernie Mac and the uh, lotion. Oh, uh, sure. Talking about the lotion on his hands. <laughs> yeah. Because that's one where, like, the film actually kind of slows down to just let him have this weird moment. Yeah, it's so uh, great. Yeah. And so, and, uh, so we, we recently did a, a, a Patreon episode about our, our top five of 1995. And, and one of mine was Crimson Tide, which admittedly, like, it deals with, issues of war and like the like having destructive power in the hands of very fallible people mm-hmm. who have egos and all that sort of thing. So I think it is actually kind of exploring certain things, but it is also just just a big mainstream solid film, you know. So an argument could be made that it's that it's purely entertaining and you know, as someone who made a 22 minute, uh, YouTube video about the deeper themes of Jurassic world, that's where I feel like the, the commenters could look at me and be like, man, it's just entertainment. Um, yeah, I mean that, but that's the opposite of what I was talking about with, with teen, Witch is that Jurassic world. I haven't seen it, but mm-hmm. there are certain movies that I think 
say things that they weren't con that the maker, the filmmaker wasn't consciously yeah. saying I'm making a movie about this, but it just comes out because that's yeah. what they were thinking about. I don't know if yeah. that's what Jurassic world is. I, cause I didn't, didn't watch. I think it. it's, I think it's Colin, Tra- uh, Trevorrow being trying to be clever and actually in doing so winds up going much further than he even intended, but I, he was intending something. Um, but yeah, so, can you actually go a little bit deeper on the idea of a movie that is not good, but you are getting entertainment out of it? But then th- that's the thing. I, I wouldn't say that's why I hesitate to say so bad. It's good because if I'm entertaining it, then it is in a way good. Right. Right. <laughs> but but you're not you're not enjoying it the way the intent, the filmmaker intended you to enjoy it. Hopefully. But, yeah, yeah. Right. But that's not. And I guess that comes back to the subjectivity of the, the entertainee. It's like, I'll, I'll enjoy it however I want. You don't have to tell me director of teen, Witch. (laughs) top that. That's what I say to you. (laughs) Um, And I don't remember the director's name. Uh, I've seen it so many times. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of how to go deeper because what I, I, it's all what is me trying to avoid saying that uh i'm my enjoyment of watching a movie i feel like i'm i feel bad picking on teen witch um i should probably pick something else um like manos or something uh what are the other obvious ones i haven't seen uh, something else that should be uh troll 2 oh ega was a recent movie that i (laughs) watched on blu-ray i'll use that uh you can find my review at battleshipretention.com like i'm enjoying it but what i'm trying to avoid is the implication that I'm, that's why I avoid the phrase so bad. It's good that I'm making fun of it, that I'm enjoying it in a mean spirited way. Right. I'm enjoying that. It's not succeeding at what it right. set out to do, but that doesn't mean I'm reveling in its failure. I mean, right. I'm enjoying the things that it, unintentionally succeeded at doing which yeah. is a, a fine line. And maybe it's more of a rationalization on my part to, to make me feel morally <laughs> okay with laughing at a movie when I'm not supposed to. When you, I do think though, like when you watch like mystery science theater or you watch, you know, riff tracks or cinematic Titanic, I do feel like there are certain movies where the, you can tell the tone is a little bit different in the types of comments they're making. Sometimes it, it's just clearly like, it's it's incredulity, like la- at laughing incredulously at like I can't believe that this is the movie we're watching. Yeah. But there's no superiority in it. It's it's taking pleasure in something for a very different reason than than the filmmaker yeah. intended. But then there are some where it is just, and it's usually when the film is taking itself very seriously <laughs> uh, that there's like oh my god, like you know, uh, one of my favorite moments. And it's, it's, it's a rift. I've, I think I've mentioned it on here before, but it's one of my favorite comments ever because it's just so straightforward and it was a uh, rift tracks. They were doing it for, they're riffing on, um, the phantom menace. And oh. there, there comes a moment where they just keep commenting on Jar Jar Banks, understandably so. And there comes a moment about halfway through the film where Jar Jar Banks is just doing one of his things. Right. And Mike Nelson goes, look, go to hell. <laughs> and, that, and that's it. And it's the look that gets me. Yeah. <laughs> just like, it's like this guy has sh- keeps showing up at his work yeah. and is uh, annoying him. And in that moment, it's like, yeah, that is just, <laughs> that is just pure exasperation. Uh, he's taking no joy in this character at this point. 
All right. Uh, have we gotten to the bottom of entertain of what's entertainment? I don't think so because I don't think that there is an official answer as tends to happen with these types of things. But, uh, I do think it's worth exploring. You know, I, I do like to think, I, I like to think that as a film fan, I have matured, uh, to, d- to such a degree where I can be open-minded about any kind of genre films from any country films of any age, whatever it is. Um, but I do, I think it's helpful for me to occasionally sort of deconstruct certain terms and discover like, no, I still have the, these instincts that, that I probably had when I was in high school, um, where all my friends thought one thought movies were this. And because I realized that they can be so much more rather than simply be excited about that fact and want to share it. Uh, like I look at their, their attitude and it's usually I'm reacting to their dismissal, Mm -hmm. but, um, but nonetheless, I, I don't react with patience. I, or understanding or curiosity. I react with like, all right, dumbass. Like if you're, if you're going to be this, then if you're going to play this part, I will definitely be happy to treat you this way. But when it comes right down to it, like, and then I think I have a tendency to then extend that and extrapolate larger things from it. And then I start to probably unconsciously look down on even the concept of entertainment when in fact there's nothing wrong with it. It has a, it has a part to play, but film is obviously, yeah, you gotta watch these pig races. I guess so. You do surprise me sometimes. I must say like it's, I'm not looking down on you for enjoying pig races, but I wasn't expecting the phrase pig races to come out of your mouth earlier, uh, as like a fun thing, you know, it is fun. <laughs> I'm sure. No doubt it is. Cause uh, the, it's like they're piglets. Sure. I'm so sure they're, they're cute, adorable and they go faster than you think. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's fun. So you can find us at battleship com. Uh, you can uh, email us at david at com or tyler at com, which is where you should send your list of the top 15 movies yes. of the 2010s. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at Davy Pretension. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Pretension. Anything else to plug? Uh, I, 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 for some reason feel guilty, uh, plugging my documentary available May, uh, March 4th on, uh, faith life TV. The reason that I push it is because I want to make another one. Uh, yeah. and if this one gets enough yeah. clicks, I think I'll be able to, I know that's, that's why people plug things because they want to keep doing. It. Yeah, I guess it's that, but yeah. it's, and, and, I'm, wrong and, it. and I'm also fairly proud of it. You should be, I'm guessing. I so if you go to faith life TV I think you can get like two weeks. I think you can get like two weeks free. So available on the fourth, you can, uh, you know, get you, you can subscribe for your two weeks, watch my movie and then unsubscribe and then you're good. I probably right. shouldn't say that. Uh, and I forgot to say battleship retention.com this week. I reviewed, uh, it was a busy week for me. I reviewed Wendy and greed and burden and Tyler reviewed the invisible man. Yeah. I reviewed one movie and I was exhausted afterwards. <laughs> Uh, and uh, is that everything? Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.